that nobody has ever hit a home run against them. They can go through uh, the wee-wee, they can go into middle school, high school, they can go through college and never lose a game. But whenever they're drafted and they're brought into uh, the major leagues, the first thing that they're going to do is assign him to the pitching coach. Right? Now you can have a quarterback that has never lost a game all through middle school and all through high school. And the first thing that they're going to do when they draft them is put him with somebody that has been there before, that has been through the trenches, that has been through the process. And, and why is that? Because they have gone to another level now. They're not playing peewee anymore. They're not playing at the, at the uh, uh, college level any longer. They are now playing in the major leagues, baby, right? And so it is with us tonight. As we walk with God, God takes us from glory to glory. Amen. He takes us from one level to another level, to from one realm to another realm, from, from, from understanding as babes as it was. Paul talks a lot about being carnal and, and, and being a, a spirit man and what the difference is there. And he talks to us about all of that. And the more we come to know God and the greater level that we go to requires us to know more not only about ourselves and know more about our enemy, but we must also know more about the God that we are serving. Because at every level there is a new devil. And you will face something tomorrow that you never faced before. You will deal with something when you dare to rise up and do something for God that you have never done before. Get ready because... As I preached a few months ago, at every new gate, you're going to find a giant that is standing there to try to push you back to that last realm, to that last understanding, to that last revelation of who God is. But you've got to rise up above that and say, we're not going to be satisfied with where we have been, but we're going to take the word of God. We're going to digest it. We're going to say, God, I've, I've got to decrease so that you can increase in my life and enlarge my territory. Amen. And so that's the reason why that we have life groups. That's the reason why we have them on Sunday morning. We have them Sunday nights. They're, they're important. You've got to have discipleship in your life. Amen. You've got to have some coaches. You've got to have somebody that can share the word, that can speak the word into your life. Amen. And so if you're not connected, hook up tonight before you leave. Amen. Because all of us have room to grow. Enlargement is a fundamental principle of life. Anything that stops growing starts dying. Amen. If it's not growing, it's dying. When you stop pressing forward and gaining ground, you will start losing ground. Amen. Because there is no way that you can maintain and stay where you are and keep up with God. Isaac and Sandy, come here real quick. I'm faster than that. And you need some hair at all? That's God. Amen. All right. I'm going to let you meet God tonight.
Because if you just maintain what you have, you're not staying up with God. All right? You've got to keep on moving. There's got to be a desire on the inside of you that says like John, help me to decrease so that you might increase. God, I'm not satisfied with where I am. I've got to keep on moving because you're moving. And so if I'm going to keep up with you, I've got to continue to progress. I've got to continue to enlarge. Amen? All right. Thank you, guys. Amen. And so you have to continue to walk with God. You have to continue to be led by his spirit. And if we do not stop, if we stop following God and pursuing God, we're not maintaining, we're losing ground. And you see, we often get stuck at different levels because of our background. Somebody told you that you would never amount to anything. Somebody told you and put a limit or a lid on you and said that you could do this, but you can't do that. Someone in your life, maybe it was an educator, maybe it was a, 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 a parent, maybe it was somebody that was close to you and you you uh, believed in them and trusted in them and they never spoke blessing into your life, but they spoke cursing over you and, and you believed that. And so you get stuck in a place because this is the only thing that my family's ever done. Nobody in my family has ever accomplished going to college or Nobody in my family has ever been a doctor, a lawyer, or, or done some uh, thing, whatever is in your heart to do, right? And so we get bound by those levels of limitation because of what people have spoken or because of our education or because of our life experience. And because of that, whatever baggage that we brought uh, with us, we bring it also into the kingdom, okay? And so that's the reason why, and there's nothing against small churches. I don't think that we're a large church, right? We haven't arrived by any means. We, we're just, uh, you know, we get a few more folks, we're going to start a church here. Yeah. All right? Uh, but it, it isn't nothing. The Bible said, despise not the day of small beginnings, but he never desired for something to stay small. Yeah. It is his will that we increase. It is his will that we grow. Amen and abound. And so, but what some people bring into their into the body of Christ and the kingdom of God when we come in, we bring that small way of thinking in. Amen. Huh? Yeah. That we think that, you know, if, if we get one person saved a year, well, thank God for that soul. But how many others have died while we was rejoicing over just one? Amen. Amen. And so we have to get a bigger mentality. We've got to think larger, and yet we allow those things in the natural. We bring that baggage with us into the kingdom of God. Amen. When you were born, we came into a family. We had a social structure. Uh, we had a, a, an existing system, and, and we showed up in it. And whatever that structure was, that's what determined to us what our limitations of thinking would be. Amen. But not everywhere uh, will you uh, be taught that you can do whatever you set your mind to. Not everywhere will you be taught that through Christ that, that there is no limitation, there is no boundary. Amen. I, I'm not the greatest father, but I try my best. And, and I tell my kids all the time, there ain't nothing you can't do. I tell Jordan if he wants to to be a, a whatever, a lawyer, a doctor, a preacher, he wants to be a veterinarian, there ain't no limitation. You can do it if you set your mind to do it. I tell my destiny all the time. I say, you are the prettiest girl in the world. I told her so long, she don't say thank you anymore. She looks at me and says, I know. <laughs> Amen. I'm doing it because I know there's going to come a demon in jeans one day. And I don't want uh, her to give in to whatever somebody else says about her. I want to instill in her what I want her to believe. Amen. That she is wonderful and fearfully made in the likeness of Christ. And there isn't nothing wrong, but she is blessed, praise God. And so we've got to instill that. But everybody is not uh, have that kind of upbringing. And so we find ourselves stifled and suffocated by what we have been taught, what we have been learned, this environment or this structure that has been put around us. But when our faith comes alive and we begin to sense our purpose and our destiny, suddenly we begin to think outside.
outside of that realm. We begin to think outside of those limitations. And the enemy will come and tell you, you can't do that. You can't serve in the kingdom of God. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. because you, and, and you've got to come over. You've got to break those things off of you. And you've got to come over to an understanding that I'm not trying to accomplish this within myself. If it were Brian Matthews, you would be right, Mr. Devil. But you understand that I'm not here by myself. That, that God is with me and the Holy Spirit is for me and angels are working with me. And so, therefore, I have the ability to do what God said I could do. And I can be what God said I can be. And I can accomplish everything that God said that I could accomplish in my life because he is working through me. Amen. Yeah. How do you, you believe in giving some praise tonight? <laughs> Progression breaks down, and I want to give you a few things here. Progression will break down. You will stop moving forward when a few things happen. When your external reach is greater than your internal development. When you, your reach is greater than your internal development. Whenever you begin to get top-heavy. Right? But you've got to get some roots down in the ground. You've got to get some roots down into the a root system will keep the top from blowing off when the storm comes. Come on, somebody. When the winds of the world begin to blow, when the systems of the world start rocking and raging and, and fighting against the culture fights against us, it, it isn't about what people see, it's about what people do not see. It's about my prayer life when nobody is around to hear me pray. It's about my worship when there's nobody to impress. It's about my root system that goes down that's between me and God that nobody else sees, nobody else is there to applaud, but there is that root system that goes down that nobody will ever notice. Are you with me? That is going to cause me to be able to extend further to under and do more for the kingdom of God. But whenever we are trying to do more outwardly than we are doing inwardly. When we are doing more that can be seen than what cannot be seen. Are you with me? It's going to, our external reach is going to cause us to break down. Because we don't have enough sap flowing out of us. We don't have enough of the spirit flowing through us. And so as a result of that, we're going to break down and God's glory is not going to be revealed in our life. Amen. It is possible for you to talk yourself into positions that you don't have the ability to function in. It is possible for you to fake people out to get to a level of expectation, but you don't have the ability to stay there. Come on, somebody. David had to go through training for his reign. Hallelujah. And, and God, in his grace and his mercy, taught David on the backside of the desert while nobody was watching. He showed him and allowed him to work through his failures and his faults so that when he came into the palace and he came into a place of royalty, he would not have to go back to where he came from. Amen. How many understand it took longer than David wanted to to get there? He, he, he thought that it should have happened a long time before now. But amen, whenever he got there, God had worked in him internally to get some things out of him so that externally he could reach not only to Judah, but all of Israel. Glory to God. And so our progress breaks down when our preparation and our character... Our maturity level do not match the title or position or the situation that we are occupying, the station that we are occupying. When our preparation time does not exceed our performance time, then the operation is going to stop. It's going to come to a screeching halt. How many know God will let you go on grace for a while? Huh? You can you cannot pray, you cannot read the word, you cannot have any kind of relationship with God for a few days, uh, maybe even weeks, and still come into the house of God and get in on somebody else's anointing. Get in on somebody else's blessing, right? Because somebody is worshiping, somebody is praying, somebody is seeking God, and you can experience his presence.
blessings for yourself on somebody else's blessing. But to see the truth of it is that's just his grace that is being shown toward us. It's not his approval, it's his grace. If you hear me. It's not his approval that says I'm approving what you're doing. It's his grace that says I love you so much I'm going to bless you anyhow. I'm going to minister to you anyhow. And so we have to continue to understand that we've got to pursue him and have an internal relationship that exceeds our external reach. All right? Number two, progress breaks down when your responsibilities are greater than your capacity. Spiritual growth is nearly impossible when you find yourself being pulled in too many directions at the same time. Amen? I know people say, you know, that uh, old saying, it was a straw that broke the camel's back. I told staff the other day, you know, whenever I was, seemed like uh, everywhere I've been, I've built and uh, don't seem like to have, remodeled and built everywhere I've been. That's the reason I said we're going to fill this building up three times before we build it. Bless God. Amen. And, uh, but what I want to say is this. You can get so weary and you can get so tired in your physical body that your spiritual body will suffer. And the problem with it is, is you don't know that you're suffering until it's too late. And I, I shared with them, and I'll not go into detail, but a time in my life whenever I was building it, and it got a two-year period, and, and I was covered with God's grace and, and doing all of these natural things and still trying to preach the gospel. But whenever I woke up, I realized that I messed up. I realized I missed it. I realized that I was spiritually drained to a place that, that I was in danger. Now, I'm not talking about I sinning. I'm not talking about I was going to quit God. But I'm talking about I didn't have nothing left in the well to pour out or to give to myself, let alone anybody else. Are you with me? And so we have to be careful because if we're not, we will run down until we get to the place that spirit, our physical man, gets so weary that our spiritual man has no strength. That's the reason why. I, you know, I know people think I'm being ugly. I'm just trying to pastor you. But that's the reason why you ought not lay out to 1, 2 o'clock on Saturday night and then drag in here on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. Pastor, baby, you let know now. Amen. Because your physical man will inhibit you from reaching out in the spirit. You can have a great manifestation of the presence of God available, but if you're half asleep, cockeyed, got toothpicks holding your eyes open, you know, that don't count. <laughs> because your spirit man is not in a place where it can receive the things of God. And so it's important that we get rest. It's important that, that we uh, come to the house of God, uh, uh, you know, rested so that our spirit man can receive what God has for us. Amen. Amen. Progress breaks down when uh, our comfortability exceeds our desire. It's a dangerous place for you to be in life when your needs are met, when your life is running so smoothly that it no longer desires to be enlarged. Amen? The Bible said without faith it is impossible to please God. That does not mean that it is possible for you not to have faith because the Bible says that when we were saved, he gave each of us a measure of faith. But what it really does mean when you study it out, it literally means that when you live life so safe that you never need to take a withdrawal from the deposit of faith that God has placed in you, then he says, you are not pleasing me. And so you have to live life, if you will, on the edge. You've got to live it to a place to where it requires faith to do something. Amen. I remember, and some of the folks who were with me at Milton remember, the Lord spoke to me one time and he said, you've got to do something that has the chance of failing. Amen. You've got to do something that has the chance of failing. In other words, God, if you don't show up, if I don't increase in this thing, if I don't get stronger in this thing, it's not going to work. And so you've got to do something and not be comfortable with where you are. Whenever
comfort zone and you're not challenged. But I want to tell you tonight that it, while it feels good to the flesh, it's not a good place to be in the spirit realm. You have to be in a place where that you're stretching. How many knows that, that it isn't good to be feel stretched? Two of them. None of y'all ever been to a chiropractor. Right? <laughs> I remember I'm on a, working on a series on a line. so out of the line in her back. And uh, she said, I, I, we've got to get you bed. So I went and bought her a new bed that would work. And, and uh, we took that bed back and got another bed. And uh, and she said, we've got to get another bed. And I said, uh-uh, I'm sleeping good. <laughs> she said, you've got a problem here. <laughs> right? And so I said, you've got to make yourself an appointment with the doctor and get do the alignment. And, and she came home that first day that, that she wasn't happy about it. She said, it hurts worse now than when I went. Right? But after the process of alignment, she continued to make those appointments, continued to go back, and, and that doctor was stretching her and, and putting things back into alignment, and as a result of that, amen, I didn't have to buy another bed. <laughs> So just pray for me. But, because I didn't ask for approval to say all that. But it is true that when we become comfortable, we'll just, you know, it can be a bad situation. But if we become comfortable with it, we learn how to live with it. Right? And so we have to go through this process to say, I'm not willing to stay where I am, but stretch me, God. Enlarge me, God. Align whatever needs to be aligned so that I may be able to do everything that you said that I can do. Amen. Number four, progress breaks down when we spend our time maintaining what God has said rather than what God is saying. We spend our time trying to prop up what God was doing, has done, instead of investing our time in what God is doing now. Amen. And if you're not careful, you can try to prop up even a great move of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. I've seen it. I've been in the church long enough to see it already. That every major move of God has been fought by the next move of God. Whenever God gets ready to do a new thing in the church, in the body of Christ, that we are resistant to it. We say that that can't be God because we haven't ever seen it like that before. That can't be God because we haven't ever experienced like that before. But it, it, every time that God does something major in the body of Christ and does a new thing, we, the, the last move of God resists the now move of God. And we try to prop up what has been instead of getting with God and saying, God, I'm going to move on with you. Does that mean that we do away with what God has done? No. Because God don't uh, to take things away. He adds to. Amen. Amen. And so what he has done becomes a foundation for what he is doing now. So don't try to prop up what he's doing in your life or prop up what he has done in your life or has done in the church. Amen. But invest your time, your talent, your treasures, your abilities in what God is doing now. Glory to God. Amen. And you see, because I said this before, and I know you've heard me different times, but Abraham could have killed his promise doing what God had said to do. Amen. But because he continued to hear the word of the Lord. Come on. Because he continued to hear the word of the Lord. Not just heard it yesterday. But I'm hearing today, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. That ongoing, continual revelation, a continual word is coming out of the mouth of God. We've just got to have ears to hear what God is saying now. Amen. Amen. And so, our progress, progress depends on staying in tune with what God is saying today. Amen. What he is doing today. 
The challenge for uh, us today is that we continue to progress and not maintain. The good thing, progress breaks down when our energy is spent on things that don't count, things that don't produce fruit. We spend too much of our energy on things that are not producing fruit. Let me ask you something. How long would you plant a garden if you never got no bees? How long would you continue to plant corn if you never got an ear off of it? How long would you invest going out there, tilling up the ground, planting the seed, paying for the seed, going out there and tilling between it and hoeing between it and getting all the weeds out and spending all that energy? How long would you continue to do that? So we have to look at things that are producing fruit in our life and say to those things that are not producing any spiritual fruit, I'm going to cut you off. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to begin to spend my time, my energy, my talents in this which is producing life in me. Praise God. And so we have to come to a place where that we say, what is enlarging me? What causes me to get closer to God? What causes me to, to find strength to stand in the, in the times of difficulty? What is it that is causing me to bring forth fruit in my life? We have to look for those enlargements. And if we will use those enlargements to our benefit and invest in those, we'll not be defeated. We will not be defeated. Not only will we not be defeated, but we will come to a place where that we have unity in our lives. Unity with our spirit, soul, and body. But not only within us, but we will have unity in one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Where that we can do more together than we ever could apart. Amen. We can conquer more together than we ever will apart. And so it's better for us to have uh, two people that agree than it is for us to have 2,000 people that disagree. Amen. When you have two people in agreement, uh, it, it is uh, more than just adding, but it begins to multiply. God's multiplication goes like this. One shall take a thousand, but two of you shall ten thousand apply. And so when you come, when you get beyond one and you become two, now you're not into the adding mode, but you're into the multiplying. Glory. Amen. And so if I can I can put a thousand to flight myself, but if I can't get the enemy to move and I can't get the victory over those situations in my life, if I can just get one more person amen. to agree with me, amen, it's going to add the multiplication to this thing. Gideon was able to do more with 300 in agreement than it was 30,000 that were disunified. Amen. amen. So the key to enlarging our capacity is coming to a place of agreement and then allowing God to use us together to accomplish what we could not do apart. Amen. All right. Can you take a little more? All right. That's three of you. God bless the rest of us on Sunday. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 14. Just give me just a few more minutes. I'm almost done. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Praise God. I want to talk to you about there about what caused you to not be able to continue on. But now I want to talk to you about what will cause you to move on. This is a familiar story. And whenever you look at it, you'll say, well, that's about so many and it really is. But I want to share something with you tonight that stuck out to me it's just a little different. Verse 16, then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time and said uh, to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. So your agreement together, even in the negative, right, was against it. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. I, I ask you, have me excused. The other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I married a wife. Another, 
So that servant came and reported, reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes and the cities and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is uh, do it is do as you command, and still there is room. Then the master said to his servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and tell them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall taste my supper. The first key here uh, to being enlarged is you must be willing to be enlarged. These people were not willing to be enlarged that were invited at the first. Now, what catches my eye in this story is, is how many were invited at first. You have, to, uh, you have to be willing to exercise your options for change or capacity in your life. If you're not willing to change, no one can help you change. Amen? You've got to be willing to change. And so if we don't, you see, the more free you are, the more options you have. Now let me clarify that. Uh, whenever you talk like that, some people think that you can just live loose and happy free and, and, and just go on in. But what the truth of the matter is, is this, that when you are in bondage, the less, uh, less options you have. If somebody is in bondage to poverty, the less options they have. If somebody is addicted to whatever, addictions and drugs, alcohol, the less options they have. Somebody that is in a, a, a lifestyle that is in bondage, the more, the more they're in that bondage, the less options they have. But whenever God comes and sets you free from that, you have to, the more free you are from poverty, the more free you are from addictions, the more free that you are from controlling things in your life, the more options that you have in serving God. Are you with me? And so we have to be willing. The Bible says this in Isaiah 1 and 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But notice this with me. This is real interesting. It still boggles my mind. Notice with me that he said the room shall be full, but how many people did he invite the first time? Three. Not a trick question. Three. Right? And they all three had problems. They all three had, I shouldn't say problems, they had situations that said we're not able. But these three people, it suggests to me they had the capacity to fill the house. Three people. Now, let me just tell you tonight that God has given each of us gifts in these earthen vessels. And we have the capacity to fill a room. We have the capacity to fill a space. But these three was not willing to use their gift. They were not willing to use their talents. They were not willing to come to this supper that had been prepared. And so what happens is this. What, what three people could have done, it takes a whole house full of people now to do. Amen. You didn't get that. Whenever we have limitations in our life, whenever we will not use the gift that God gives us. You see, because all of us have something in our life that comes easy to us. I know you're tired. Just give me a Presbyterian nod. It'll be all right. Okay? All of us have some gift that comes easy to us. And so it's easy for some people to talk. It's easy for other people to administrate. It's easy for other people to lead. It's easy for other people to do behind the scenes on the computer or sending messages or doing something behind the scenes that nobody else knows. But it's easy for us to do those things. Why? Because we're gifted in those areas. And because we're gifted in those areas, what would cause uh, uh, to take three or four more people to take their, that place and do that job, because we're gifted in it, we can do it quickly and easily. And most likely enjoy it while we're doing it. Amen. Amen. I mean, whenever Elijah 
that he, he, uh, and he wouldn't fulfill the plan of God, that it took more than one person to fill his place. Amen. He said that I've got, I've got to go, and, and I won't go into that tonight because I don't have time. Uh, but it, he said it, it, uh, what was it, three people it took to fulfill that one position that God anointed Elijah to do but because he would not do it. God had to raise up multiple people to do what he was gifted to do. Amen. I want to tell you that God has gifted each of us. And we're coming into a season here. Uh, we're coming into the spring year of the year. Now, the spring of the year has uh, uh, just organically been a time of, of salvation here at the tabernacle. We see more people saved in, in the eight weeks uh, around Easter and that time of the spring of the year. We see more people saved during that time than we do any other time of the year. And for that reason, that's the reason why we have the eight-week challenge and try to get you to use your gift and use your talent for those eight weeks so that that we can reach more people because there are people that are gifted. There are people that are talented. And so use that gift so that we can reach more people for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. We're going to do some things, and I'll be sharing with you later, but we're going to be doing some things this year that we've never done before. And, and, and we're going to try to reach more people for the glory of God than we ever have in this season. Because this is a season of harvest here at the Tabernacle. And we're just already fasting, we've already prayed, we're already laying the groundwork, and now we're believing for a thrust like we have never had before to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.
here. If we are going to enlarge our capacity, then we must uh, have focus. If we lose focus on the prize, on the goal, then, then we will never be able to maintain enlargement in our life. Whenever uh, a parking in the parking, being a parking lot attendant becomes a job to you, you've lost your focus and, and you've lost the ministry. You don't, you don't realize that, that in the first seven minutes, people are going to determine whether they're going to hear the gospel or not. And so it has to be ministry. If you lose focus, you'll think that out there serving people and opening the door and greeting people and asking them to pray for you, when it becomes a job and becomes laborsome to you, then you might as well just forget it. Amen. Amen. Because it's not going to accomplish anything. But you see, we've got to understand that it's more than just a job. Why do we do all of that? Because somebody is going to come Sunday morning and they're going to be in turmoil, they're going to be in trouble, and we've got to show them the love of Jesus so that their stony heart will melt. And when they hear the praise, it will create an atmosphere that is conducive for the power of God to minister. And when the word goes forth, it will touch their heart and they'll call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Amen. 
Amen. And so whatever you will give him, that's what God will fill. Amen. If you give God 10 minutes of your day, he'll fill 10 minutes of your day. If you give God an hour of your day, he'll fill an hour of your day. If you give him a whole day, he'll fill a whole day. If you give him your whole life, amen, amen he'll fill your whole life. Amen. If you give him a little praise, he'll feel a little praise. But if you'll give him everything in your life, he'll feel it, amen, to capacity. Why? We've got to learn how to think big. We've got to learn how to live large. We've got to learn live large and let him be in charge and say, God, I, I know that I cannot contain it all. But what I do want, I want you to enlarge me so that I can know you in a greater dimension and a greater level of my life so that I can have the capacity to fill your house with the gifts and the, of the Spirit and the working of God inside of me so that others can see what you have done in my life, right? Yes. Isn't that what he said? That, that God would work through us that they may see his good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And so that's what it's all about. It isn't about me at all. I'm just a conduit that his spirit can flow through. But whenever I reciprocate that unto God, then others will see his good works in me, glorify the Father in heaven, and now somebody new has been brought into the kingdom of God so that we enlarge and the capacity will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, but also with people, sons and daughters, being born into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. If we want more of God, all we have to do is give him more room. And going back to John, God, you must increase. And I must decrease. Amen? I've got to give you more room. I've got to make more room for you. Whatever it is that's got to go, I've got to have more of you. A lot of things in this life you can do without. But one thing you can't do without is Thank you. 